Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to In the Think Tank, uh, the show where we come the up with five sketch ideas. Five sketch ideas. Uh huh. Five sketch ideas. Man, I'm Andy. Yes. I'm Andy. I'm Alistair. That's right. And I came, Alistair. I came here to do two things: research the history of plastics, and record comedy podcasts. And let me tell you, I'm quite sick I'm of listening about. Reading about the history of plastics. So yeah, baby, <laughs> we have done a very good job, so then, Alistair, of turning our uh, our comedy careers into uh, into quite tedious research tasks. We've we've achieved <laughs> the you know the alchemist's dream uh, of transforming <laughs> one thing into another thing. Uh, yes, mm. and anybody who's excited to figure out what we're talking about, well, look out for the next season of the <laughs> Pop Test. <laughs> well, uh, at some point later in the year. Well, it's it, they they'll see whether or not we succeeded in then turning it back into fun. We take our lives. I mean, we turn them into pain, and from that pain, we try and create some enjoyment. I mean, wouldn't it be easier to do a quiz show? Mm. Where it's based on, <laughs> I mean, you just get you just get somebody. Let's say you or me, yeah, right? Great, good. You choice. come in, mm. and you. This is how we write the questions. Mm. Okay, you you ask me. Mm. Well, how do you? How would you imagine? Uh, the first plastic was invented. <laughs> yeah. Like that, right. <laughs> well, and then I I tell you a scenario. Yeah. Right, and then. We ask this then then when when the show comes, the guests come on and we say, uh, "How do you think Alistair thinks <laughs> the first plastic was invented?" <laughs> and then whoever's closest uh, gets a point. That's a really good idea, Alistair. Yes, because this is it's the research part that's, that's hard. That's the hard part is not the mm. coming up with the stupid ideas. We have to do all the research to find the right answer so that the guests can come on and have come up with funny answers. But we want to yeah. come up with funny answers as well. So we should yeah. we should just make up what we think the answer is and then quiz them if they could guess that. All truths are equally valid. You know? <laughs> exactly. And like the problem is that so, uh, the reality has already created all the stupid mm. answers mm. already. Sure. And so, the, but then we have to like filter them out from the non-stupid um, answers that reality has also created in abundance. Yeah, and so that's the that's the problem. It's not the it's not the stupid answers that reality has provided that are the problem. It's all the other stuff mm. that isn't stupid enough that we have to sort of wade through to get an understanding of how, you know, monomers are turned into polymers and then turned <laughs> into sketch, sketch shows. Um, it, would this would this work, Alistair, as a... Uh, by the way, I, 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 I love that idea. I think it's great and I think it'll be big. What do, what do I... It's called What Do I Reckon? And you come on and you have to guess what I reckon the answer is. You know, you know what? This would actually be quite good. But if we got you could you could pitch this. You get a celebrity on, right? And yeah. you quiz them beforehand and ask them mm-hmm. what they think the answer is to various um questions. Historical and scientific Historical and scientific things. things, right? This is a variation on how do whales work. Yeah. But, it's... <laughs> but and then the guests come on, and they're comedians as well, I guess, and they have to guess what 
the celebrity thinks is the answer. And 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 the, yeah, the fun thing is is that you get to find out how comedians or the public feel about the celebrity, whether they <laughs> exactly. think they're a complete idiot. Or you know, then then what you find out throughout the episode is whether or not the the celebrity is an expert in any fields, mm. or you know, and this, um, could this actually be good? Could this actually be I something? Feel, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's a kind of kind of like a bit like drunk history, but sober and yeah, uh, and trivia <laughs> as a quiz in a quiz format and. The important thing is that what it will, the people that it will infuriate is people who are trivia buffs. Yeah. <laughs> at no because point, we, at no point is the correct answer given. <laughs> no, it's not important. It's That's not important. Not and what it would, this is and it would, yeah. It would involve us having to find out what the right answer is. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Exactly. Okay, I think you know if somebody wants to come on and, and and does know generally how things work, that's great. That's great for them. That's great for them, but that doesn't help anybody. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. Write, write it down, Alistair. I think that's a sketch idea. Yeah, great. It's you know it's more of a quiz show idea, but I think it's also a sketch idea. Now, would this also work? You know, one of the problems it's about uh about comedy quiz shows is is as we've discovered you and i the painful research that goes into finding the actual answers and then yeah. maybe another way that we could avoid that <laughs> is i hope our i hope our producer doesn't listen to this episode <laughs> <laughs> but tom if you're listening we love we love the show it's, it's just a lot of work it's just making it that's hard no yeah and then okay, then the other thing so so it's but what if all the questions were in the form yeah. of setups? We just tell you a setup to an existing joke, mm. and then you have to tell us the punchline, right? So yeah. So wait, it's a quiz show mm. that is basically what is the punchline to this joke? Exactly. Yes. I guess okay. they're you know I mean other people's jokes, uh, or um, or we could so do a Jeopardy style where we tell you the punchline I mean, and then you have to guess the setup. I guess it's kind of like I mean there's there's a, there's there's I think there's there's a parallels here which is kind of it's a bit almost like the um it's like a caption contest. Mm. You know, it's like okay so it's like so let's say that this is the setup, right? Three guys walk into a bar. Mm. Right? Uh the first guy walks up to the bartender and he says, "My nipples are leaking." <laughs> That? Can I have a glass of milk? <laughs> right? And then the second guy goes, Yeah. My nose is running. Mm. Can I have a glass of snot? <laughs> right? And then the third guy walks up <laughs> yeah, and he, he says, says, My dick is leaking. My, my dick is leaking. Can I have um, a glass of Yeah. And then, yeah. and then they have to provide the answer. I guess it's a bit blankety blanks, but is that what blankety blank is? I don't really know. I don't really know, but I think so. <laughs> yes. But it's a bit like that thing that I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I, I, I think I've seen. I think I saw a bit of you know the movie. Um, oh, oh man! I'll, uh, I'll get there. a glass of semen. No. <laughs> um, blankety blank. Wow, what was that guy? Oh my god! It was directed by George Clooney, and it was a black and white film with Sam Rockwell playing the lead, and it was called like the, the oh, in yeah, my yeah. mind the 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 name is something like a male version of Miss Congeniality, but but he's like but he's like a secret agent, but also <laughs> yeah, a host of a but also a game show. show host, and then maybe none of it was real apart from the game show hosting bit that definitely did happen, but. Anyway, I guess we'll never know because this you're playing. What does the celebrity think? And the actual answer isn't important. Uh, you just have to guess what I think would be the answer. I'm, oh, I reckon I'm a it was confessions of a dangerous mind. There we go. I don't know if it was in black and white though. Um, uh, I think you're thinking of the artist. 
I think, oh, maybe the poster was in black and white. You don't think Confessions no, of a was... Dangerous Mind was in black and white? No, I don't think so. Oh, man. Oh, you're um, absolutely right. That was a different George Clooney movie that I was thinking of that was in black and white, and it was called, like, Goodnight something. It was that one about journalism and... Right. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Oh, no, no, Andy. We're the, you know what we've started doing? We started doing the research we just got escaped from to do this podcast. Yeah. It was called Good Night oh, and no. Good Luck was his black and white film. There you go. Okay. And good night and goodbye. Anyway, uh, I don't think my, well, I don't think my comedy punchline uh, quiz show is a sketch idea, Alistair. You don't? If this was the 300th episode, it would be, oh, but it maybe would not be. today. <laughs> Man, that is an exercise in lowering the bar. That's what that's going to be. Yeah. Um, Hi, is that, a, is that a sketch idea? Mm, you know, and speaking Can of I lowering the bar, what about a uh, a type of high jump, a low, right? Where it's a it's really low, low bar. It's a really low bar. Okay. Yeah. But um, <laughs> what... It's what the challenge bars. is? Yes, go good. You, you, you it's like limbo and high. <laughs> yeah, it's limbo and high jump mixed together. <laughs> it's called right. limp jumping. And limp jump. Yeah, you also have to have a limp. No, but I think that's good. But like, but I guess you got to make yourself as as thin as possible as, in the air, mm, as flat as you can. As flat um, as you can, but so, but also to get across, to get past it without hitting it whilst remaining flat, you have to go fast. Mm. So it means that you have to really run it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then dive like a starfish or, you know, like you're a ninja star on its side. And the other thing about this is that the, the crash mat is very small. So you've also, <laughs> they, this is this is my problem with those with a lot of sports, is that they make it too easy to not hurt yourself, you know. Whereas, that's right. To my mind, that's that should be part of the challenge. Um, what the, figure would somebody who's who's really good at this be like? Do you think it'd be the same figure as people who are high jump? Probably, they're pre- probably reasonably slender, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Mm. Um. But then maybe the but 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 it should probably be like like fighting that there's weight classes, mm. you yeah. know that you shouldn't it should it doesn't need to be separated into men and women mm. although although I guess I imagine breasts will probably give a disadvantage to women and then probably should be separated into men and women again um, unless we okay it's unisex yes but everybody has to wear cushioning to have the same size. Breasts and butts. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> we we handicap for breast and butt size, like you would add and, extra weight to a horse. Yeah, and shoes. So <laughs> yes. So so let's if somebody has big feet at the end, you know, the feet could come up, flick the bar off or whatever. Mm. So everybody's got to wear big, big clown shoes. I mean, but the the problem then is that you know everybody has to. Be bulked up to the size of the largest body parts of anybody in the competition, right? Yeah. Like Every- we have to do everybody's measurements beforehand. Yeah, and then and not then except we make for their custom height. Padding. We're not. We're not adjusting yeah. for height. That's the only thing we're not. Yeah. <laughs> Does everybody wear I- a a a fake penis? That I guess so. Ex- I guess I mean I guess it, it could have some mm. impact, mm. but it's not like it would just be like a an inner sort of, you know, something you just slide under your cup. Yeah. Okay. Or Sheeting. over your cup. Mm. Okay. Everybody wears a cup. Everybody wears that's that's actually quite nice, isn't it? And then yeah. you can have anything I mean, you could, want under there. Yeah, and so everybody wears it's there are cups everywhere. It's cups on the butt, butt cup, breast mm. cup. Mm. Foot cup. Look, you know where we're going with this? We're going to everybody does the Olympics inside a Zorb ball. Everybody is a sphere that inside a sphere that's the same size. I had a great idea for the, for a new yeah. Olympics 
which is, I was thinking about this this morning. Everybody trains as much as they want, right? You train as much as yeah. you want, you train heaps, but you don't find out what you're competing in until you get to the Olympics. All the events are drawn oh. randomly. And, you know, so it's good to be an all-rounder, yeah. potentially. Or you might just get lucky well, and sure. wind up in your special event, in which case you'll yeah. smash it. But I'm sick of seeing people. I, what I want is I want people who are at the peak of their physical perfection competing yeah. in sports that they've never done before in their lives. So sure. their body is absolutely couldn't couldn't be more prepared, but they don't know what they're doing. It's possible that sure. we even throw in a few sports that we've just made up that have never been played before. And they don't they don't know that that sport's been made up. Maybe do we have to wipe their memory of all information from? Oh, I think I think they're allowed to have you know. We, I think that's it. Unrealistic, Alistair, to be able to wipe the memories of of all the athletes. You're right. You're right. Okay, but I apologize. I do I do want them to be taken by surprise by finding out what they're going to. It'd be a great reveal. You know, we love the reveal on Iron Chef. It's a recurring motif in this show. But I think I like the reveal that for each individual athlete, they whip a yeah. blanket off a tub, and in there is the costume, the, the outfit, and a little piece of paper with the sport that they're going to be competing in printed on it. And they read it, and we get to see their reactions as they find out that they're, you know, competing in the uh, the underwater javelin. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and then we and then we just see. Who's the best at? Because you'd get, you'd get a. I'm sick of seeing things where everybody finishes so close together, you know, or where the the difference mm. between first and second place is so tiny you can't really see it. We're talking fractions of a second. That's not compelling to me. Yeah. No, though you like it when some one person is way ahead. <laughs> I like it when it and, really blows I, out. <laughs> I I want to know as early as possible when someone's going to win. <laughs> Exactly. So that the excitement can finally be over. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm and then pacing... you're just seeing it just r- unfold. In well, the most it's a time-saving way. thing as well. Mm. You can stop watching and then you can go <laughs> yeah, back to doing other things. That's right. Until until the bell in your workroom mm. goes off again and there's a new race and you can go and mm. have a quick look. I mean, the, think of the man hours that that will save. Um, you know, internationally, because it's something that's broadcast internationally, as you might be aware. Mm. Um, and and you just imagine, well, you know, that many people won't have to keep watching for, you know, maybe another 35 minutes of what would be, you know, probably one of those long races. I wonder if there are any sports uh, where it would be compelling to watch them backwards, you know? So, like, I think in the... Mm. Is it is it like the 400 meters and above where they start... You I start out <laughs> staggered? Like at different places around the track because of the bends. Yeah. So if you well, yeah. No, you go. No, I was just gonna say, if you play any race backwards, isn't it at the end you go, oh, it's another draw again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it started in a draw. Um. Uh, well. Sorry if you didn't. If you had more to go on, no, this. I, I really just had an idea for based except, on your idea. Except just playing. Um, I would like, and this is you know maybe this says something about me, but I would like to see an Olympics and a, a sort of a, a you know like a a sports philosophy and you know sports place, athletics where you're handicapped for lo- for how long you've trained. Mm. So if you've trained a bunch, yeah, then you get a big handicap. On yeah. You. Right, and so that way, so the people who haven't bothered to train, mm. they're not disadvantaged going into these games. <laughs> I I really, I enjoy I enjoy that a great deal. Yes, I mean I feel like that's almost what golf is. Mm. <laughs> like golf, because they give you a handicap, and so it's like, oh well, you you're this good, so to make it fun, <laughs> um, 
you know. I think it'd be really great because you see someone come out there with someone who's never played golf before with this massive advantage and they're just hacking away and you just see (laughs) the numbers just being whittled down as they're relentlessly closed in on by people who have any clue what they're doing. They also, but I would also love to see that in a in a, in a in a running race, like I think it would be yeah. even more fun to see somebody who's just so unfit and they start out way ahead and they are just struggling towards the finish line as these inhuman machines just eat up the distance. <laughs> Maybe they've also got knives, you know the the yeah really sure. Maybe everybody's got a knife, but just as well, they're just borne down on. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think the, this is like crawling to the finish line. It's like the opposite of your idea, where it's like, let's get this over and done with as much as possible. I want every match to be milliseconds between people, and I want there, but there, I want there to be a huge range between the skill levels of all the people in there, because mm. I want to see a guy who's, you know, who hasn't even walked a hundred meters in the last mm. year. Mm. I want to see him compete. How far ahead does he have to be? <laughs> does he have to start? You know? Yeah. And you know, and then and then see him up against Usain Bolt. Mm. You know? You see that Usain Bolt named his uh son Thunder? Thunder. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean it's Yeah. I mean it's a funny thing, isn't it? A thunderbolt? Because Thunder doesn't have a bolt unless you're talking about the bolt of sound. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, actually. I was just enjoying it, but you're right. That's, uh... oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, but people do say thunderbolts. Thunderbolts of lightning, very, very frightening. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm back on board. I was thinking maybe Usain didn't even realize that there was a, you know, a thunderbolt sort of pun there. Um. I wonder, thunderbolt pun, like as in lightning bolt. What's the pun? No, just just but the, I mean, just that the name is thunderbolt. You know, maybe it just it yeah. takes him by surprise. Oh yeah, that feels is like a that's thing. the name of a horse, thunderbolt. Yep. Is that a th- name of a horse? Uh, yep. I think I think very possibly. They they they, they name it's horses just, all sorts of things. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's like with bands and with horses. You can't really name it without naming yours without googling it first and then realizing that that one's already been taken. Mm. Mm. Um yeah, I think uh you know, I think it would be good if all humans equally had to have a totally unique name like Do you think like racing yeah, horses? Yeah, I'd love that. You know? Like raising oh, racing horses, not raising horses. No. Um do you think that there's more bands in the world than there are horses? <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> this is a great question for uh, a, yeah. one of our quiz shows. I don't know. <laughs> Which... I don't know what it is, uh, but uh, that that kind of thing. It's a ver- it's a you know this or that. Or every question is fifty fifty, but they're hard fifty fifties. Um, I think there's got to be more horses, right? If we're, ta- um, if we're talking, yeah. you know, active bands and active horses, yeah. it's got it's got to be more horses. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands that you know they don't do any recording and stuff like mm. that. They just people getting together, doing some playing in the garage, or of course, then there's the band to... band of horses, and that really confuses yeah. the whole yeah, thing. It's, it's a crossover one. <laughs> Because it's multiple horses but it feels, that are in one band. It feels really. It, it also feels very possible there could be more bands. There are so, and some people are in more than one band. And yeah, like if we're including side projects and solo projects, yeah, I'm coming back yeah, around yeah, yeah. to bands. Yeah, well, because it's not like horses are not like sheep, right? It's not like no. Oh, we've got you know five thousand head of sheep. <laughs> no, nobody's like riding five thousand horses. <laughs> Yeah, I got. Yeah, no, I got. Oh, I mean, there, there must be. There's horse farms, so if they're making horse meat, some somewhere, you know, they're. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't see them in any of the countries that I'm in. There's then wild horses. 
And then there's wild, wild horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's Brumbies. Yeah, and then there's Mustangs. A, I was a, trying to remember, what oh, is yeah. a Mustang? Is that just an American Brumby? Like a wild horse? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think all horses are wild horses to a certain extent. In their heart. Um, in their heart, but also in their G- DNA. We talked about domesticated there... rhinos, didn't we, on one of our uh, long, long... I think that was the safe word in the middle of one of our episodes, domesticated rhino. Right. I was thinking about that again the other day. Such a great idea. Yeah. About domesticating rhinos? Mm, yeah. Like, like, if it was well, possible, we definitely would have done it by now because that's a that's a, a prime mover of, a, of an animal. Yeah. You could really drag some stuff. And it's already got How its long? own plow. Yeah, it's got a plow. Mm. Does it? Well, on the nose. Like as in its nose. Yeah. Do you think, how long do you think within the amount of time, let's say you got, you had access to a rhino, mm. right? And you were allowed to touch it. Yeah. Right? How long do you think until you'd kind of punch its side a little <laughs> bit just to see how hard, how hard it is? Uh, I think, yeah, it's a good question. Within the, within the first week? <laughs> How familiar would you want to be with the mm-hmm. rhino and the r- rhino familiar with you? I think it is in my nature to get quite complacent quite quickly with, um, yeah. with you know, with power tools and that kind of thing and not, not mm. take adequate yeah. pr- precautions. So I'd say that if I was given access to a domestic rhino, um, mm. yeah, I'd be taking some pretty big risks. <laughs> yeah, let's say, let's say you needed to take a... Uh, okay, let's say you have domesticated the rhino, Yeah, right? But you live in the inner city, and yeah, sure, you've got a nice big fence around your place. Mm. You know, you've taken those precautions. But what kind of precautions do you think you would need to take in order to take your rhino for a walk around the town? Mm. Mm. What kind of precautions do you think that you would have to take in order to take your rhinoceros into the house? You know, before you let it inside Uh, on the bed. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. So I think everything... Needs to be bolted down. Sure. Because I think the problem is that, like, the rhino will just walk around, not used to sort of enclosed <laughs> spaces. So you're you're worried probably... about it knocking over your fine china and your your delicate occasional <laughs> tables. Is that your concern with having the rhino well, in the house? I mean, I just mean how much time I want to spend rearranging furniture. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I you think know, I think though... that's the first. I think it's. I would go completely the opposite. I would say that give up on having anything in a fixed location because as soon I don't think bolting down put everything on wheels is is go, exactly. I don't think bolting anything down is going to protect it. I think that's just going to cause it to shatter as soon as it gets nudged by the rhino. I think everything yeah. everything needs to be on wheels, with sort of bumpers <laughs> on the corners, and you need to be prepared to live in a constant state of flux. As the rhino Things just are every, shifts. Everything is moving. Everything is moving at all times. Yeah. And including your anxiety levels. <laughs> well, I think they're pretty consistently high. But mm-hmm. you know, if the rhino does charge, it's gonna go yeah. straight through walls and you know, I think you need a reasonably this is this is complex because I was gonna say you need an open plan environment. Because mm. then the, there's less walls for the rhino to crash into. But, of course, the bigger the space, the more speed the rhino can get yeah. up and the more damage and, it will do. And the less corners you can turn sharply around mm. to, to kind of to gain cover. <laughs> yes. You know, because that's, what you, that's the only advantage you really have over the rhino is yeah. your ability to be sort of change, step out of its charging way while it can't change directions. So what I'm going to say is that I reckon you're better off having a, mm-hmm. having a, just giving it the giving letting the rhino have the ground, and you transition to a kind of a, a bat like lifestyle, where you live hanging yeah. from, um, you know, you have hooks on your shoes and you live hanging from little hoops in the, on screwed to the ceiling, and sure, you know, it it can it it lives its life below you. And, and but you but you your head dangles or you're upside down and you just put your head around horn height yeah, yeah and horn height still um, I think that's gonna be maximum yeah your 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 best chance 
Because I would like to live alongside rhinos, and uh, I don't think we can or would uh, or would could be bothered actually training, doing the training necessary to make that work. So I think the best way that we can do is is adjust our lifestyles so that we can we can still share the same space, the same rough, but just a different same space, (laughs) different altitudes. Yeah, I wonder if it would be happy just sleeping in the in the laundry. <laughs> just put a put a blanket down. Yeah, just yeah. put like a few blankets. You know, you want it to be a bit soft. But I can picture like you could picture a baby rhino sleeping in the in the laundry. Hmm. Oh, a little I, kid. I I I I can I can I can't just picture it. I could sing about it. Baby yeah. rhino right, sleeping go. in the laundry. You know, and so on. Yeah, yeah, actually, that is good. Mm. Um, but then the main thing is you what you want is for them to when you take it outside for the walk is for them to not maul, maul a child. Now, yes, I I reckon there's less chance of probably being bitten by a rhino than with like a dog. Yes. Do you think that they bite? <laughs> <laughs> or do you think that do you think they don't think about that? Like you think. Because I, I know they eat, but they must be there must be herbivores. Yeah, I think they are herbivores, and I think uh, biting's a fair way down the the list of you know bi- rhinos go to moves. I think maybe if you mm. got one in a clinch and it didn't have a lot of options. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> you got it in a headlock. Yeah, um, but so that's good at mm. least. Mostly it'll be. Do you think it'll be blunt force trauma rather than sort of. That tearing or whatever that happens with dogs mm. and those canine teeth. Yeah, yeah. Used the for tearing. Yeah, I think a lot of your damage will probably be internal. And uh, yeah. that's good because... It's like being hit by a car, more more like. Exactly, yeah. So it's uh, more property damage. So, so, but would you would you put a little cork on the top of the horn? Um, <laughs> I think that's the first thing I would do. Yes. <laughs> I would put a uh, sort of a little ball, uh, a nice, yeah. What I, I, there's something else that comes with a little ball on the end, like they put on the tip of a uh, a fencing sword, you know, a little, yeah, just a, a nice well, little, it, maybe fluffy little. If it was inflated, mm. probably would would stop a lot of like major damage on cars that it decided to test. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, what we're Coming across here is a kind of a risk mitigation strategy to living alongside wild animals where Hmm. we will, um, you know, because, you know, with climate change, apparently it's all about adaptation. Uh, A lot of the times animals are being displaced from their current habitats and they are being forced to live closer and closer to humans. There's a lot of problems with bears in America, um, problems with uh, elephants and tigers in Southeast Asia. and I think, you know, much like the way that we adapt to rising sea levels is by beating, building seawalls, that kind of thing, uh, the way we're going to adapt to having animals living in our uh, urbanised spaces is by, um, you know, physically uh, adding things to the, to the wild animals' bodies so that they, uh, they don't cause damage. And you can, you know, walk down the street uh, confident in the knowledge that if you do get jumped on by a tiger... Uh, it's going to have, you know, sort of big uh, polystyrene balls over its hands and uh, sort of, I guess, mm-hmm. the kind of sticks with, um, with, with, a, with a, you know, yeah, with a fluffy end that sort of push you away from its mouth. And so you can be, you can be leapt at, but you won't be uh, killed. Same with a rhino. Yeah, I mean, so like, let's see, should we write this down? I this, think uh, we can write this down, Alistair, yes. You know? Not the funniest, uh, but then, you know, this isn't guess the punchline game show. This is <laughs> just, you know, this is just regular chat. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, um, like, yeah, I mean, there, there'll be some, maybe that'll be more, you know, fun, like, you know, sort of anti-monkey technology that we'll need to have. Mm. Because mon- monkeys, they get very grabby with your food. Mm. Yeah, they want to come in your house. They want to shit there. <laughs> they want right? to chew your face off. They do. They want to chew your face off, mm. right? And so we're we're gonna have to get really creative to making ourselves anti monkey. Yeah, know. I don't know exactly how it'll. The, Andy, I'm almost here. You go. You no, know, the the other the other thing you know is sort of combining our ga- idea about the Olympics and combining this idea and where we. We basically handicap all animals in nature to put everything on a level playing field. And I'm just trying to think like mm. what you would need to add to, say, a platypus so that it could be uh, on, you know, on, on a level playing field with, say, a grizzly bear or, uh, yeah. or you know, a step wolf. Um, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Or Steppenwolf, the... Uh, the, ba- the band. <laughs> the band. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I guess a lot of it would have mm. to do with, um, sort of electrifying different bits of their body. You think so? Yeah. Strapping um, sort of ca- like, cattle prods to the, to the flippers and beak of so, the, uh, of as the platypus. in, so like, and that would make it, in what way would that make it equal to a grizzly bear <laughs> just in force? <laughs> it would have. When it touched you. It would have some sort of option for fighting back. Mm. Um, yeah, in an, I guess what you could do, you know, I guess if it was like you were putting them in a sort of like a in like a cockfighting ring, mm. bear versus platypus. Mm. But what 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 happens is you put you sort of strap their bodies with explosives, right? Yeah, and those those are kind of um, they're kind of handicap in, in explosives that let's say when the when the platypus kind of tries to lay a flipper on the bear's <laughs> on the grizzly bear's shoulder. Yes. The explosion that occurs on the grizzly bear's shoulder has to be equivalent to the force of a grizzly bear's paw striking a grizzly bear. Yeah, exactly right. Yes. So it's the difference it, it makes up the difference in force between Now we have a problem of the um you know the equal and opposite reaction. So that when that mm. explosion takes place, when the flipper of the platypus touches yeah. the grizzly bear, the, the the platypus, which weighs a lot less than the grizzly bear, is going to be blasted yeah. back. <laughs> All right. Well, it'll be an it'll be an implosion then. <laughs> oh, great. Well, it would have the to. Gri- the grizzly bear's shoulder will implode. I think you actually would need two explosions, right? You'd need one that blasts towards the grizzly bear, and then you'd need mm. one on the other side of the platypus's flipper to sort of blast. A way to yeah would that work to sort of cancel to, out to, to 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 keep the 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 platypus in place yes now the platypus yeah. is <laughs> now the platypus's flipper is being sandwiched between two between two equivalent explosions. two explo- ex- explosions each equivalent to a blow from a grizzly bear so it's really being yeah. crushed by two grizzly bears but. but but also, I, I think you know it can't be disadvantaged by just being on the ground and at a low height compared to the grizzly bear. Mm. So it probably has little explosions that are helping it levitate. <laughs> yeah, okay. At roughly grizzly height. You know? <laughs> now the other disadvantage, of course, is their enthusiasm level of enthusiasm for the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in I guess inside the brain could, of the platypus could there be explosions there be some going explosions, on in there? Some little I'm yeah. some little explosions <laughs> strapped yeah, to little... various nerve centers. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I could see how that would be entertaining. Hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> It's a it's a who would win type scenario, yeah. But uh, the, are you referring to who will win the battle, the game, 
the segment that somebody played on our Channel 31 community TV show. That's exactly right. Yes, I'm making a call back to the uh, 2010 uh, Get Serial TV morning TV uh, community TV segment. Um, Who would win with Chris Dewberry? There you go. (laughs) It's about time that got a... uh, a gritty um, remake. Reboot with with actual animal <laughs> rather than just being conceptual and being Anna. Who was the lady who played um, Carrie on Sex and the City? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker and then somebody else, a horse. I think that's actually <laughs> what it was. Okay. And then we were instructed to not know the difference between the two. Wait, which one is Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> that was the... Oh, that That's was the, the joke because she looks like a horse. She has a horse face. Is that right? She doesn't really have what? a horse face. You know, no, and that's true. That is true. I guess if you, if you, yeah, if you really, if you really think about it, it mm. actually doesn't hold up as much. But, mm. but you know, still mm. something. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Are there Look, I mean, we have like any other animals where their nose yeah. pokes out from their face. Like humans, you know, like our. Let's see. Yeah, I think m- most animals have sort of got the nose sort of on a snout or sort of f- flat to the head, but we have like that. We have a special little nose mountain for our nose. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's possible that I've 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 hit on it? I've discovered the thing that separates. Just, that it could be the one thing that separates us. Let's think about it. Wait. Oh um, wait. What about that monkey that's got that fuck off nose? <laughs> that that big fuck off nose. The, the, ca- pr- the proboscis monkey. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's All not right. referring to its penis. Either either I'm wrong, either my theory doesn't work. That humans aren't the only animal that has a nose that sticks out, or uh, we've just discovered that proboscis monkeys are even more human than we are. And yeah, I mean, it's the it is a pretty funny nose. <laughs> it's it's very funny. They look like a kind of a like an older European gentleman. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a real um, Asterix and Obelix vibe, I think. Yeah, and then you get you get them from some angles, and you go, oh man. You look like you should be in a French film. <laughs> um, yeah, it look like you're about to, you know, murder the king or something like that. And a lot of the time when you see a French person on film, it's not actually a French person. It's just a proboscis monkey in a man suit. Is this offensive? Is this it's just cheaper. Deeply? Right? Is this deeply racist and offensive? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if... if, if um, it's not the French people have yeah. It's not or, a race or Europeans thing. have it's traditionally uh, yeah. I don't know if if I think if anything is it we're, more we're about balancing the awfulness mm. about of, of of how much people have been have done this in the in the past. There you go. Um, we're actually doing the right thing. Is it is really it mostly really about the amount things. of wine that gets drunk? Because I think it, drinking lots of wine By does give you a big nose, right? Yeah, I just like. I don't. I would love to know what the mechanics of that is. What mm. do you think it is? Do you think some of the some of the wine goes into your nose? <laughs> it builds up in the nose because it, it makes it makes your nose and face red. So do you think maybe some of the the wine just kind of maybe you, you know you wear down a hole in your cheek and it kind of starts to seep into there and then goes between the cheek and the skin. Mm. There's a reservoir. It's traveling. I think it might yeah. be something to do with breaking down. Sorry to get. Uh, boring on you but i think it might because no. i think it breaks down your capillaries somehow the the alcohol because yeah. you see a, a lot of people with you know quite red face and and um mm. those broken you can see the veins and the you know the, all those little capillaries under the skin and maybe there's yeah. some sort of scar tissue type thing that happens as those break and reform and that causes swelling sure it's it's quite possible yeah yeah i mean that could guess over time could build up and create some kind of lumpiness. Mm. But if you're going to do you know, that, but, if your nose is going to yeah. swell, you'd be crazy not to, um, you know, strap it into some kind of mold and then have it swell and grow into an interesting new shape. 
like like they do with the uh, with the watermelons in Japan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you you know? can have a square nose. Yeah, you can have a square nose. You can have a perfectly triangular mm. nose or a pyramid nose. You know, like, you know, you could you could have your nose modeled on. I guess you would sleep. You would sort of sleep drink. Maybe you'd have like a while you drink while you sleep. You'd allow you'd put on the mold, mm. and then you'd allow you'd get one of those drip things that normally goes into somebody's arm. Mm. But you'd have it go into your mouth, and it just drips enough that you can that it just kind of swallows. It's just just like just the natural leaking. Yeah. I don't know. There must sleep be. There drinking. must be like natu- There must be some way. I think. I think this is a sketch idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, it's like you know, some people get those about tapes it. to listen to while they sleep so that they can quit drinking. You know, as a sort of a yeah. thing. But what about this? This it's a it's a special kind of bottle that allows you to continue <laughs> to drink while you sleep. So you can actually become more addicted to alcohol without any effort. Yeah. <laughs> It's very, and you could listen to tapes that are like, yeah. "I will keep sleep drinking." Yeah, great. And you, um, yeah, like, you wake up, you go, "I feel like sleep drinking." <laughs> you wake up, waking up drunk. Um, but uh, this could also be a new beauty standard for men, because I don't think and we have way, enough beauty standards for men. A hangover, a hangover fix as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Never wake up hungover again by waking up drunk. But, you know, women have had so much to deal with over the years. I think it's about time men address the, readdress the balance by, by coming up with a new beauty standard. And the square nose uh, could be one. Mm. And, you know, it could be equivalent to foot binding in China that they used to do. Yeah. It's nose, diamond nose shaped binding. Nose. Diamond, you know, diamond, diamond. And, and... Yep. Look, you know all the all the jewel cuts. Mm, yeah, garnet. Garnet is that a cut? Nah, I don't know. It's a type of gem. It is a type of gem. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's look at diamond. No, Alistair. <laughs> We're no, no, it's not something. Yeah. <laughs> We're not that kind no, of podcast. Right. We don't do the research no, right. on don't. this one. Oh, but there's a Cartier for fifty nine thousand. You can get a ring where the Diamonds are shaped like the head of a panther. Think about your nose looking like a, it's like a hood ornament. Um, you could shape it into like, you could shape your nose into like the Mercedes Benz kind of like, oh no, what's that one? The, the, a Benny, a Ben, Benson's and Hedges. No, the car. Mercedes Benz. Merce- oh, is that a Benny? Okay. Yeah. Well, what's the one that, no, what's the one that has, um, it looks like a like a woman leaning forward with maybe wings or Is like that a Rolls Royce? drapes, Royals, Rolls Royce, yeah, <laughs> Royals for short, um, and like that you could have that put and then shape that over years. Mm. It's like it's like a nose topiary, a nose bonsai. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, you know, you 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 when you you know when you when you die, you're. You know, your your nose is shaped like a dragon or like an eagle or... I mean, I think if you had your nose shaped like a dragon, and people might consider that like cultural appropriation or something like that. That's not what this Isn't is that about. Isn't more of a... No, this is not what this is about. This is a new thing. We're creating a new thing. That would, Yeah, I mean, um, wait, it would be a real shame to, for us to come up with a totally new cultural idea, like nose binding, and then people to just yeah. use it to do cultural appropriation. I uh, know they make it shaped like a like a sort of islander tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's not what we were trying. But this sleep drinking, you see, because I reckon your 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 food pipe and liquid pipe probably has a certain amount that it, it allows through. It's not a perfect seal, I imagine, right? Um. Do you think? Yeah. No, I I think it'd be a little bit open, like because you're swallowing as well in your sleep. Like there's saliva being made. Your body must be swallowing. Exactly. So you're just tapping exactly. into so, that already natural process, and as old as time itself. Exactly. Maybe even older. Sure. <laughs> you swallow while you sleep before time. When you remember before time itself, man used to swallow in his sleep saliva. And any alcoholic beverages that were piped into his mouth while he slept from some kind of night drinking routine. Exactly. 
Now, we probably have enough sketches so that I can go to the three words. Okay. Three words from a listener. Now, these three words come from a listener. And these three words were are dated back. They're dated, you can tell when these were submitted because of what the words are and why they were submitted in this way. <sighs> right? I'm going to guess these, them right now. Um, they come from listener Brian Kalella. Mm, okay. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Is the Do you want me to tell word? you when they were submitted? <laughs> okay. Do you want... Okay, tell me. Do you want me to tell you when they were submitted? Yeah, okay. Tell, oh, tell me. It's probably roughly February or March last year. February or March last year. Was this uh, so this is early COVID breakout. This is probably about the time that Brian had to cancel his tickets to come to Melbourne for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yeah, but they were submitted before he cancelled them. Okay. Uh, were they here I come? Uh, that's not the first word. No, the first word, unfortunately, is Brian. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Brian on podcast. Is he? Is he? Is it about him coming on, on? podcast? It's not the second <laughs> word. No, the second word is returns. Brian returns. To the podcast? Is that the last word? To the podcast is not the third word. No. Melbourne. Brian returns Melbourne. Well, I mean, that turned out to be more true than any of us would have wished because Brian had to return his tickets tickets to to Melbourne. Melbourne. But of course, you could imagine a scenario in which somebody, say someone called Brian, would make a city... And that the people who made it, for example, like Canberra, which is more of a manufactured city, Mm. pre-designed kind of thing, Mm. where once it was made, people thought, it's not really what we we asked for. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And you would try to get a refund on it. um, Trying to get a refund on uh, on an entire city. Because there's, there's I guess once you get to a certain size of things, Mm. people kind of don't expect that they'll get a refund. That is true. Yeah, I mean, there you know there are. It depends on the the terms of the contract, I imagine. But you know, there'd be. Mm. But there are these projects where you know a, a company uh, takes on a project that is so big that if it doesn't work out, then it just has to like you know if there was any consequences, if you tried to get them to give you the money back, the company would just collapse and you would get nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah, which which is I guess the sort of the too big to fail problem of yeah you you know the government gets into contracts like this all the time where they say it's going to cost a certain amount and then five years down the track it's not finished and they're like we're going to need another two billion dollars to finish this and they put in another yeah. two billion dollars and then it's like nah we're going to need another two billion dollars sorry and it just goes well, like gonna... that because they don't have a choice. Well, see, this is why I'm creating a company whose finances are so tight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That if you anything return I make, anything, any product. if you return anything, <laughs> I have to fold. I have to fold the company. We make those red jelly frogs that you buy at milk bars that they sell yeah. for five cents each, and if a single one <laughs> doesn't get sold. Or needs to get returned. We as soon as that the, the money comes through, five cents by five cents to the head office, we we are paycheck to paycheck. We're five cent coin to five cent coin, and we need that to stay afloat. And if there's the tiniest disruption, if we would have to return one of those coins. This entire edifice comes crashing down. I guess this is kind of like what happened to that company Greensill. You see Greensill? They were that big fi- like sort of middleman finance company that was offering people offering to pay what was it some sort of cash flow thing where if you've got an invoice coming through at the end of the month we'll give you the money now and then you know you get But the, we'll take some cut. Yeah, and we take some cut and then you give us the rest when the invoice comes through. I mean, maybe it's not exactly like that, but I like these 
This is the way you make so much money so quickly, it seems like, at the moment. You come up with some kind of fintech platform, right? Mm -hmm. Like all these things, they're like, you know, people doing some sort of weird decentralized banking or all these afterpay things where you can get the product now and we pay for it and then you pay it off over multiple payments. This is such a fucking bubble right now, all this kind of stuff. And... You know, I, th- I think it's bad. I think it's going to end badly for a lot of people, but I would love to come up with one. Just a little app where you're like, oh, you know, we, we, we do some little money thing that's in the middle. We get some mm. sort of fee and all it is is an app. And then, what about and then this? it never has to make any money, but we, we just, the value of the company skyrockets. We sell out real quick. We take out. When, you know, when you got, when, you know, when you got like, you got, change in your pocket Mm. right and you got like 35 cents Mm. but what you need is 40 cents yeah right you tap this button on your phone and we'll forward you the five cents yeah okay like that put it into your bank account Mm. and then we'll just charge you interest on that what about this this is nothing this is nothing no but this is something alistair we Mm. make an assessment of how much money somebody finds on the ground over the course of a year Right? Yeah. And what we do is you get that up front. We'll give that to you up front, that total at the start of the mm-hmm. year. And then just whenever you find money on the ground, you send it to us. Okay? And that's <laughs> And you get all the money we ask up front. is that but all we ask is that you let us look through your eyes twenty four hours a day. <laughs> it would have to just you see, that's the only thing that we we're asking for, mm-hmm. right? And but you'll get you'll get like two hundred fifty bucks at the beginning of every year, January first. Mm. Yeah, two hundred fifty so bucks. That- but we're allowed to look through your eyes twenty four hours a day just to make sure that if you do find money, uh, we get to have it. You know, we just you're not going to cheat the system. We well, got computer vision checking it out. We could even have a thing where, like, we have, um, you know, we. I imagine we could we could work out how much money is down the back of everybody's couches, you know, mm. and then we'll some send you 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 can cash that in. That's an asset class that isn't realised at the moment, okay? Mm. And we'll just we just we'll just automatically give you that amount of money, and then we'll send someone around to your house to root around under all your cushions and find as much money as they can, and take it Once away every three months. But you you get you know it's it's it becomes a kind of like a a harvesting, yeah, harvesting type thing. Harvest time, says the man, when he bangs on the door and he comes in and he looks through all the stuff. Maybe he goes around inside the tumble dryer and sort of scrapes stuff out from all those gaps. You know, but you, you don't have the time the fridge. to do this. What's that? Look at, allowed to look under the fridge? Yeah, allowed to look under the fridge. He can look in any nook and cranny. Mm. All the forgotten spaces. I mean, I've, you know, I've got dollar coins sitting down in those little gaps sort of under the, on the tracks of where the the seats slide back and forth. And I can't get to that. So that money's just going to sit there. If he's got a special little sort of pair of tweezers with a bend in them, that'd be part of his job description is to get that out. But you you do understand why my version, I was saying, uh, we get to look through your eyes 24 hours a day. I do understand that, Alistair, yes. But do, you, but, but do you know why you would really be doing it? Why? Well, because you could be able to use that information. Oh, yeah. To, to sell, you know, to companies or advertisers or whatever. He's looking at Rice Krispies. <laughs> he's, looking, he's currently looking at Rice Krispies. His eyes lingered on the Rice Krispies. We've got a Rice Krispies buyer. Yeah. Quick advertise some Rice Krispies to him. I know he's yeah. looking at some right now. He could buy those ones. <laughs> but we'll advertise some to him. They're on the other side of the city and they're 10 cents cheaper. It's a thought. You know, it's um, something. Yeah. Is that a sketch idea, do you think? We'll, we'll yeah, give you the money I, I that you, the, for the money you find yeah. up the ground. Lost money yes. up front. Yeah. Alistair, nice. we joke, but we're not we're not that far off. I think, you know, like there are people who, this is exactly the same as those people who offer the service of finding your lost super, right? It's yeah, exactly right. the same business model, but it's it's more literal. Yeah. As soon as we can do this with a robot, 
there'll be there'll be a margin in this and we'll actually be able to make it work. Little robot who comes around, crawls around, snuffling through all your nooks and crannies. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that there's money in that funding your law super. Isn't there just like a, a, a government app or like a government website that just does it for you? Yeah, 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 for free. Yeah. But yeah, when nice. you search for it, that's not the first thing that comes up in the search results. The ones where you have to pay come up first. Yeah, there's, right. all, there's so many fucking things like that. Scammy. Mm-hmm. And I'll take us through the today's... Oh, thank you, Brian. I'm so, I hope that that, that was okay. Um, what? So here's the sketch ideas for today. The What Do I Reckon? The quiz show about <laughs> what a celebrity guest thinks of the world. What yep. you think a celebrity guest thinks of the world. Then we got... The show could be called Celebrity Guess. Oh, yeah. Celebrity Guess. That's, you know, it's probably better. I mean, that's probably the title of the show. Yeah. Um, the episode. Yeah. Yeah, the episode of this. Uh, limb, limb Jump. Limb mm. Jumpo. <laughs> which is uh, High Jump and Limbo combined together. Uh into like the athletics track and field kind of thing, but where you got to, it's not a high jump and it's not low jump, but it's in between jump. Mm. It's the just right jump. Um, Then we got, don't, they don't tell you what sport you're playing Olympics. It's a lucky dip. It's a lucky dip. That's the Olympics where you, you train and then, but they don't tell you what sport for. And then you get there and you hopefully get something that you're good at or you're maybe you're an all-rounder. Then we got the handicapped for how long you've trained Olympics. You know, it's a yes. similar kind of idea. Um, then we got method of living alongside wild animals. You know, how would we make that work? Be able to live alongside rhinos it's, and stuff like it's that. So adaptation. That it's adaptation. Adaptation. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe if we it's just taking, wore those... Um, we're taking well, sort of... Uh, the reins of evolution. Evolution has sort of honed things to compete, and then we're sort of blunting those edges that uh, evolution has given them. So we're no um, longer in competition. And maybe if we just like walked in packs more, humans, you know, we could have like wild cats around, and we just walk in packs. And if they start trying to pick off some of the kids or whatever like that, then we kind of surround them and you know make them feel bad or whatever. We insult their stripes and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, or um, throw them a couple of kids. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sometimes you got to just do it. Um, then we got making animal versus animal cockfights uh, more equal. Yep. Um, through using uh, explosives. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I uh, think it's a. If, I think I'd like to see in the format of that sketch, uh, you know, a description of. There are some kids' shows on TV that are like, who would win kind of things. Where you know, mm. There's one that's called The Most Extreme, and they're talking about different animals. And then there could be one that's like that, and but it's promoted like, it's like a, a fight promotion mm. where it's like a grizzly bear versus a platypus. But then they go on to list all the different, um, what would you call it? Like, adap- you know, not adaptations, but... Uh, additions that you've put onto the platypus to make it yeah. competitive. This this style of entertainment would probably be called explodation. Exactly. Animal explodation. Um, then we got molding your alcoholic nose mm. with molds. You know, yep. and that's going to be a, quite a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then uh. we got sleep drinking, of course. <laughs> <laughs> then we got the too big to fail company that isn't big at all. Yep. Yeah, you just do it by keeping low overheads. Mm. I mean, no, <laughs> we, keeping, we just, no by keeping high overheads at all times. <laughs> at all time, anything you return, we will we'll, we'll, we'll collapse. We're not giving you back your money. No <laughs> refunds. It's actually impossible for us to withstand them. <laughs> Um, and then, and then the, of course, the, we will give you money you'd find on the ground up front company, mm. fintech company. Um, this is a, this is the kind of idea that I love, but yeah. I think again, is probably not that funny. 
but I do love it. I think it, I make up for how not funny it is by how much I love the idea. You know, that's okay, Andy. But also, you know, in the writing, we could make it funny. There you go. Sometimes, we you could. know, the, the idea has something, but maybe it doesn't even have much, but you could just add a few jokes. It makes it funny. Never know. Never know. A couple of jokes. Could could get it over the line. Yeah, get it over the lawn. Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. Man, another one where I am so tired doing a regular episode and I am so terrified of what will be involved in doing an extra long one. Yeah. What we haven't Look, told the listeners is how m- many drugs we're going to be taking to do this. Are we? Yep. Oh, that's cool. And what? Which ones mm. are we going to be microdosing some LSD or something, or macrodosing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just eating a big bowl of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just don't think that it would help. Genuinely. Mm. Oh well. <laughs> Might make it less painful or might help us deal with the trauma in some way. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for so much for listening to In the Think Tank. I am at Stupid Old Andy on Twitter. He's at Alistair TB. We can't go inside if we start the episode inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we yeah, and, are at Two in Tank. Yeah, and we're, you know what? So happy to, to have you listening. And, uh, you know, you can... Support us on Patreon. You can always get magma off of sospresents.com. Yep. And you can also just continue living your life. You don't need to. We're not looking through your eyes all 24 hours a day. We don't want to change you. That's the last thing we want. Maybe change you a little bit. We could fix you. I could uh, fix you. I can fix it. And we. Or her. Love. Love. You. You. Do-do-do-do-do. Or her. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.